Welcome back, my friend, to the fun that's probably going to end. That is the Talking Bear Football Podcast. Right here on WestBranch.Football, presented by the Browns West Branch family of dealerships. Jason Miller, along with Stephen Grace, Matt Chenander has decided to take the week off. And evidently a big event happened in his life. He got married, Stephen, and I think we'll excuse that just this once. I guess. It's a one-timer. He's used his one-timer wedding excuse for the podcast. So, And I think think he's used it well. It <laughs> yes. Was a beautiful reception. We were both there last night. And Hey, you know it, what? If he uses his one-timer on this wedding, I think he's got to win because Cammy is a fabulous person, and they look like an amazing couple together. So yeah. congratulations, Matt and Cammy, and best of luck moving forward. That That's all that needs to be said about that because you can't say it any better. What could be said about West Branch's opening 35-6 to victory, Stephen, over Cardinal of Eldon in the postseason opening round, we should call it, because the playoffs officially start this coming week. We'll get to that and much, much more, but let's start with 35-6 to against Cardinal of Eldon last Friday night in West Branch. I would call that a very efficient win on the whole, as is that, a, is that a pretty good word to use? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you look at how that game started, and you know we got a big run from Andy, I think, on the first play from scrimmage, and then we had to punt it. But then we turn around and force a three and out, get great field position, and then boom, we rattle off three straight scoring drives, go up 21 nothing at halftime. We get two big, huge defensive stops. I mean, Cardinal had the ball first and goal inside the 10, and we turn them away, get the ball back at the five, and then turn around and stop them again on a play. It looked like they had it, and Cash Woody made a phenomenal stop. And suddenly, I mean, just huge momentum swings, and you could just see, you know, the air kind of go out a little bit from Cardinal and start to come into the West Branch side a little bit more. And we just kept continuing that in that second half. And, I mean, it felt like the Bears are really starting to come together and get things clicking not going to say that we're a hundred percent because there's always room to improve but we have come so far in the last eight weeks from where we were against Lisbon in week one that it's pretty exciting to see how this team has continued to grow each and every week and as as we've chronicled throughout the season it's a team without many seniors it's a team without got I mean it's got a fair number of guys I would say that have some some varsity experience from a season ago when you have guys that played as sophomores last year are now basically leaders on this team as juniors because they're really only, there are eight seniors. Only five of those play regularly. So it is a matter of, I like the fact of what you said, how they've grown from one to nine. They're growing up kind of right before your eyes on a football field. And now juniors are basically seniors. Seniors are, seniors are, about ready to be done here in about four weeks, hopefully. And sophomores have now become an upperclassman as far as football goes. But 35-6, to six, it was efficient. It was balanced. And we'll get to the stats later. And I also want to bring a – you mentioned Cash Woody. Let's bring him back up here in a little bit. But first, let's talk about the scoring summary. Let's do that and started things off. Uh, like we said, teams traded punts. And West Branch took advantage of a good punt that pinned Cardinal deep. We get good field position. Uh, three plays, we go 42 yards. 
including about a 33-35 yarder from Andy Henson to set us up. Carver Belk, uh, three-yard touchdown run, gets the Bears on top 7-0. That next drive, when we said Cardinal got all the way down to the five-yard line, and that's where the Bears' defense stepped up uh, third and fourth down, had really nice plays. Kinnick in the end zone on fourth down to knock down the pass. Turnover on downs. We, in turn, drive it right back down the field, 95 yards in six plays. Carver Belk on the quarterback keeper from nine yards out, and about a minute and a half into the second quarter, we're up 14-0. to After another turnover on downs, we take over, drive, uh, five plays, 65 yards, and the third time of that first half, Carver Belk with the one-yard touchdown run, minute and a half to go into the locker room. We have the 21 to nothing. Uh, had a chance right before half, but uh, Coach Hirschman talked about it at halftime, just little discombobulated, and it's one of those that that's why we see the Bears so many times over the years want to run that uh, quick offense, the two-minute offense, You know, even if they're leading by three touchdowns, just to get that game speed. And we just haven't had those chances this year and unfortunately uh, weren't able to capitalize and get those points there. But still, 21-point lead. Cardinal gets the ball to start the second half, and you know that this is a powerful offense. We turn around, we force a three and out. We get a six-play, 62-yard drive. Andy Henson from 11 yards out makes it 11 nothing. Another three and out. Andy Henson, another nine-yard touchdown run. And with four and a half minutes to go in the third quarter, 35 to nothing is the lead. Uh, teams trade some punts. And then uh, as we start to sprinkle in some of those uh, non-starters, uh, second and third string guys, uh, you find a nice pass. Um, Jones hits Griner. Uh, it's one of those where he rolled out, kept the play alive. We had good pressure on him. Peyton Miller had good coverage, and Jones just delivered it on the money. And Griner went 72 yards. Luckily, it was the only time that happened because it was 35-point lead at that point because uh, those two have done that a lot this season. But that gives us our final score at 35-6. to And when you talk about that combination from Cardinal Belden of, of Jones to Griner, early on, you could see Jones... People want to talk about quarterbacks that West Branch have seen on their on their schedule this year. From a throwing short yardage, crossing routes, and everything, right up front, beginning of the game, this guy couldn't miss, yeah. Stephen. He was on the money with everything. But you can definitely see that when in doubt, he was going to throw it to number eight. He was going to throw it to Greiner when there were whereas any question of a doubt. That was the guy he was throwing it to and probably a good decision. Yeah, and I mean, you could see the poise. You know, he's willing to stand in there. He wasn't afraid to wait till the very last second, wait for those routes to develop. I mean, for the night, he ended up 9 out of 20. So I think you do need to credit, you know, our secondary and linebackers for not giving him big openings for which to deliver to. But also, you know, that front, you know, four, six, seven guys, you know, we were only brushing, you know, our three down linemen and maybe one or two linebackers. But we were still finding ways to not let him get those feet set, force him to have to scramble and throw in some of those tougher situations to where, I mean, at one point, I think he had seven or eight straight incomplete passes at the end of the first half into the second half. And um, yeah, just credit our defense for being able to take a guy who's a very, very good quarterback and uh, give him some stats that didn't look quite as good on paper as to what you could see that he has in terms of capability from that position. Yeah, they ended up with 223 yards of offense, 72 of it coming on that very that one touchdown play. So you take that away, and you look at basically for 40, 
47 and a half minutes, West Branch held a team that averaged near 400 yards. Take away that 72 yards, they had 151 yards of total offense before that very play. So you're right. Early on, they started to get some footing. You're right, Stephen. But I think that Bears defense started to get in the trenches, digging in, and pulled out 35-6. to And we want to go ahead and tip our caps and uh, congratulate uh, the Cardinal Comets. This is only their second postseason appearance in the school's history. Last one being in two, the first one and only one being in 2009. Now, last year, of course, everybody got into the postseason. But as far as an earned postseason spot, this is only the second time it's ever happened for them. So a very young coaching staff. They've got some up-and-coming players that you could see on the field and look out for them in the, in the few years to come. My quick quick stat, stat, Stephen posted some here. I mean, for me, you took Andy Henson, another strong game, a little over, right at 10 yards a carry. Carver Bell, perhaps his best game at the best time of the season yeah. to have it. Absolutely. I mean, 7 out of 11, 133 yards, no touchdowns through the air. He did have one interception. That was kind of the end of the first half, um, just on a you know, kind of crazy situation, you know, forced to throw. He also had those five carries, 43 yards, three of them went for touchdowns. And, you know, when you look throughout the season, we've been averaging about 65 to 70 yards passing per game. And we uh, basically doubled that with 133. That's going to start to open things up a little bit more for Andy Henson. I mean, only 18 carries for Andy, but I mean, he made the most of them. He was looking for ways to get those extra yards and, you know, just finding ways to get this offense to round out and get more complete uh, is going to be huge. And, you know, we talked about it last week with the Wilton game, and I asked Coach Peterson about it. You know, you want to be efficient with your possessions, and you look at how our possessions went. We punted, we had three straight touchdowns, and then we turned it over with an interception right at the end of the half. And then we had two more touchdowns, and then we punted with a lot of our second guys in, and then we had basically the end of the game. So in essence, if you take away the last drive of the ball game, we were five out of eight. So that's still a pretty good percentage in terms of getting points. Yes. And not only points, but getting it into the end zone and putting six, seven with the extra point, rather than having to settle for a field goal attempt. And let's close it up. We'll talk a little defensively here. We, I brought it up about the yardage that the Bears held that high-powered Cardinal offense to. But And you brought up the name Cash Woody earlier, where he made a big stick on a fourth down play. To me, I look at the game. One of the things I wanted to talk about, you know, you want to – the team wins the game, but their efforts at, throughout the game of kids, certain plays here and there. Cash Woody, to me, played his best game, in my opinion – which is not worth much. <laughs> but from where he was, looking back from, say, the growth from three weeks ago till now, he is coming up now. He's seeing things and coming up and making smacks on people. And when you get to teams, like you get a team that's going to maybe get a little bounce. They're going to try to keep it between the tackles next week, but also try to get maybe get a little outside with some pulling guards and some flat passes. Safety play from that guy right there. Going out and recognizing that on the edge is very key. Very, very key going forward. 
Led the team in tackles, by the way. He had Did nine. He? Yeah, he was all yeah. over the place. And I mean, he's a guy that, I mean, if I'm not wrong, I believe as a freshman, he was playing a defensive end, kind of outside linebacker, where a lot of times he was just coming off the corner and blitzing and maybe trying to, you know, contain. But, you know, he's thinking, I got to get to the quarterback. I got to get to the quarterback. And you look at how he's kind of transitioned. Last year, he was doing a little more, you know, step back into that outside linebacker and have to do some more man responsibility to this year sliding back to safety where there's so much that goes on there and you are the last line of defense. So just to see that progression and that knowledge from him as well and being able to stay aggressive but also do it in a smart way so that he can make those plays and do the good things and, you know, three interceptions on the season and a lot of nice pass knockdowns and, you know, just finding ways to round himself out into a complete football player. And no better time to do it as a senior than to do it right now in the postseason. 35-6 was your final West Branch wins. They will move on to play the Dyersville Beckman Blazers. We'll get to that here in, in about two or three minutes. Before that, let's talk a little bit about some of the other games of interest that going on in the area that touched upon some of the teams that West Branch played before and definitely the team that they're going to play this coming week, Stephen. Yep. Well, you look at uh, our district opponents. Uh, Iowa City Regina was the number one seed. They took care of Cascade 41-19. to Durant got the number four seed. They had to go down to Sigourney Kyoto, lost that one 34-8. That was a 13-8 ball game, and um, Hoosman, the quarterback, and along the running back, both got banged up, and Sigourney Kyoto was able to pull away from that. Um, also from our district, Mediapolis had to go to Pella Christian. Pella Christian won that one 42-21. Interesting game. It was 13-13 at halftime before Waterloo Columbus pulled away from Applington Parkersburg. And then Dyersville Beckman, like we said, uh, our opponent. We found that out Saturday morning. We were talking about it last week uh, off the air of who we thought it was going to be. And Beckman was probably third on the list of who we thought our options were going to be. And that's who it came down to. They took care of South Harden 42-6. to And then you look forward at some of the matchups of interest coming up. Regina moves on to play MFL Marmac. Now, this is a team that was the third seed in their district that knocked off a two-seed Denver in the first round, one of only two teams that weren't either a number one seed or two seed in Class 1A to win. One of them was MFL Marmac. And then you look at another game. Sigourney Kyoto, you mentioned they beat Durant. They're going to face Columbus Catholic this week. Interesting side storyline there. One of the players, one of the key players that Columbus Catholic thought they were going to have this season had injured his knee and didn't play against West Branch earlier this season. I didn't think he was going to play at all. Dallas Westhoff, he's going to go on and play at Indiana State as an as a linebacker. Well, he's back. He played last week in the first round. That is a big jolt in the arm for their team, specifically on the defensive side, because if he's healthy, he's probably the best one or two best linebackers in all of class one, a football. So, and Pella Christian playing against, sorry, help me out again. I can't remember who Uh, they're playing against this week. Now I completely spaced on it. Dyke New Hartford. Yeah, that's it. Is that right? Yeah, to Dyke. That might be my game of the week is looking at all the matchups across eastern Iowa as far as 1A and maybe all the classes. That could be the game of the week as far as what you see on paper and things. And West Branch and Beckman is going to be a fun game. We'll talk about that after these 
messages. Touched by Power Massage Therapy is your pathway to healing. Located on Main Street in downtown West Branch, licensed massage therapist Tracy Hartz offers Swedish massage and a variety of spa services. Touched by Power is the only therapist around providing a complimentary foot bath, paraffin treatment on your hands, hot towels throughout the massage, and a complimentary pedicure. Learn more or book your appointment at touchedbypower.com or call 631-1214. The round of 16 is upon us. Officially, the Bears are in the playoffs. Playoffs? Yeah, playoffs. Playoffs, that's it. That's where we are. They get to play the Dyersville Beckman Blazers. Ranked in the top 10 all season long, now a top 5 team. 9-0 and on the season. 5-0, and they finished perfect. Obviously, a perfect District 4 record. They've had some fun. They started off with one of their better opponents they've seen on the schedule in Comanche. Had a nice battle in week six against Waterloo Columbus, a common opponent. 35 to 34 was that score. They had to come from behind in that one, too. Columbus was up, what, two or three touchdowns at one point? Two touchdowns in that yeah. game. I want to watch the film on that one to see. You know, we got a common opponent, and that's where it's at. They're averaging 41 points a game and only allowing 10. This is a team that, if you look at one. 10 seconds of their offense, Stephen, you're going to think, holy crap, they are big. Yeah, <laughs> they are. That, that offensive front, I mean, they're averaging 250. They've got a couple guys that are a little bit bigger than that. And, you know, you talk about a lot of the teams we've seen this year, you've got a lot of, you know, youth, a lot of new faces. This is a squad that, I mean, we've played them three years in a row. And some of these names we've been seeing for three years because yes. they are phenomenal athletes that we're playing as underclassmen. And we could see as those last two or three years, you know, you could see some of that youth getting a little bit better and a little bit better. And they're really putting it together this year. I mean, I think of their running back, Owen Hunergarth. And I mean, he's just a big bruiser. I mean, 5'7, but 205, 210 pounds. I mean, he's just a bowling ball, but he's quick. I mean, it's not like he's just a slow plotting fullback. He's got some speed. He's not afraid to lower the shoulder. He doesn't go down easy. Um, but it also helps when you have 250, 270, 285 pounds that can move that are up there paving the way and just bulldozing. And I mean, <laughs> it's one of those situations that we've seen over the years where it's not necessarily anything flashy. It's not like they're running any sort of crazy offense. They just execute well because they have good, talented players that are doing it. And you look at, then you throw in the quarterback, Caden Gassman. I looked him up and I see it on your sheet here. 463 rush yards, rushing yards. Not even going to start with his passing stats. That's because I'm sticking with the theme here. And he had seven rushing touchdowns. Hoonergarth, 21 rushing touchdowns. Combined, quick math, that's 28 touchdowns on the ground between two players. They've played nine games. So every game, they averaged between them three touchdowns on the ground. That's yeah. 21 points, basically, because Logan Burchard is a very, pretty accurate quarter, uh, kicker for them as well. So you're, if you're giving me three touchdowns in a game, and then you've got the X factors of maybe other guys throwing it in, and then he's got 927 yards passing with 11 touchdowns as well, that's 28 points just right there between two guys, Stephen. Yeah. And then, I'll take that. I'll take my odds with that every time. Yeah, that's a yeah, really good chances right there with just those two players. So um, I look over at the defensive side too, though. I mean, they've got 
you know, two or three guys, especially in that linebacker core, that just fly to the football. They're all over the place. I mean, they're giving up just over 200 yards per game, and only 75 of that's on the ground. So, I mean, they've had a few games, kind of like we saw Cardinal, you know, they were a pass-happy team. You know, Beckham's had a few of those opponents where they couldn't really do much on the ground. They could move the ball through the air a little bit, but still 133 yards on average that they've allowed this season through the air. So that defense, you know, Monticello scored 21, Waterloo Columbus scored 34, Comanche scored 14. Otherwise, shut out seven, shut out, shut out seven, six. So they are stingy on that defensive side of the ball as well because of those big guys up front right. taking up two or three blockers each allowing those linebackers to be able to bounce around and make those plays. And those three teams that you mentioned, Comanche, Monticello, and Columbus Catholic, probably the three, uh, maybe not in order, but the three toughest teams that they had on their schedule in the season. So to see that they scored some points and nobody else did, you know, they took care of what they needed to take care of, but they are a strong... This this team, man, that size is not just big. They're not just... They're not just stand in there and you try to go around them. They're road graders and on defense they are physical, they are penetrating. They get their foot in the ground, they will come forward and they'll put a hit on you. You got to be ready for it. And they you know, I you try to find a weakness, you try to find a few things here and there. They give up 208 yards a game. I mean, that seems like a lot of yardage, but that's spread out. You've had some some games like say Waterloo Columbus game in particular where you know they may have given up as I look at the stats here now, they gave up to Waterloo Columbus. Let's look, passing yards. Columbus had 292 yards passing against them, 77 yards rushing. So 370 yards in one game and still only giving up 208 yards in a game. Stingy, stingy defense. And they're tough at home. It's a great, we've been up there twice now in the last three years. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful, beautiful setting. Turf field, so... Weather permitting, it shouldn't be that bad a footing. But if you're up there early enough to see the sun up there by about 5.30, 5.45, 6 o'clock, to watch the sunset going off from the west side of that field, is just it's stunning. Mm-hmm. It really, really is stunning. Yeah. But what do you see, Stephen, when you look at all these things? We've talked about numbers. We talked about, we've talked about Beckman Catholic and what they've done a lot and what they're not giving up a lot. Where can West Branch gain some footing? Um, I think just some of the same things that we've seen all season long in terms of playing that good, solid, fundamental defense and knowing what's your assignment, what's your gap, and make sure that you take care of it. And you have to win those battles because you may have some more one-on-one situations. You know, We've had a lot of times this year where you know we can create some havoc and we've got three or four or five black shirts around the football. But this is going to be a night where it might be more of a one-on-one that maybe that defensive line, you know, occupies the entire offensive line and then one or two of the linebackers are in there cleaning up some noise and you might have a Cole Bailey left one-on-one with the running back. And you got to be able to make those plays when you get those situations. And um, offensively, I mean, just keep doing what we've been doing. I mean, that offensive line, they were our players of the game on the Bearcats this past week. Um, just continue doing that. I mean, it is size. They are mobile, but trust what your coaches are telling you and know that, hey, they're going to put you in the position, the best position possible to be successful and just remember those things they've taught you and be able to do that. And I think that's going to be the key the rest of this season because 
it's only going to get tougher from here on out. And that's not to say that, you know, Beckman is worse than an Iowa City Regina if we get past and, I mean, not looking ahead, but if that's who, you know, both win, you know, if Regina wins, the winner of this game plays them. So we're not saying that Beckman is worse than Regina. It's getting tougher. But you know that you're in the round of 16. The round of eight gets a little bit tougher. The round of four gets a little bit tougher. When you're in the last two, it's the toughest game of the year because you have the two best teams that are playing. So um, you're going to have to just keep cleaning up those little things and just be ready to execute 100% of the time that you're out there. Be patient. Be pre-precise. Be precise. I can say that word. Easy for me to say. And stick to the rules. Stick to the basics of the plays and the positions that the coaches are putting you in, I think. If you can be successful 75, 80, 85% of the time just sticking to basic things, this is a game where you're going to need it. You're not going to need, don't get frustrated. Don't look across the guy, oh my gosh, he's six inches bigger than I am, etc. It's just another guy. It's just another football team. But it's a good football team. It's arguably the best one West Branch has seen all season long. It's going to be fun. And it's going to take place on Friday, kicking off at 7 o'clock, 6.30 for the BearCast. But let's take a little break before we talk picks to click. Hear from a sponsor. Choose a realtor who knows the territory. Ken and Helen Fawcett of Cornerstone Real Estate Consultants are licensed agents with customer satisfaction as their number one priority. If you're buying or selling a home or property in West Branch or the surrounding area, they can help. Your hometown real estate company with an office in downtown West Branch, Cornerstone Real Estate Consultants. Call them at 643-3344 or log on to cshomesiowa.com. So last week, Stephen, we had a theme, except for Matt. He had Wyatt Federlin, you know, because that's what he has to do. He's not superstitious. <laughs> you had Brady Hunger. Yep. I about said Bryce, and that, he never played for West Branch. That's the oldest brother. Yep. And, I, and I had Andy Henson, because all one-timers are available. You might as well take them one time and four, four times for that matter. That's right. So they all had pretty strong games. Brady had a 36-yard completion, uh, reception rather. He did. Andy Henson, we chronicled he had 187 yards rushing and, you know, 36 yards receiving. And Wyatt Federland was did Wyatt Federland things. Caught a pass. Ran for some yardage, made all of his kicks. And all three of those guys played phenomenally from that defensive linebacker spot. Exactly. And again, that is going to play a key going into this week. So perhaps there's a theme. And Steven, you get to break the ice this week. I do. Are you writing these down so I don't have to type on the computer? That way Matt knows. I'll type them in. You go right ahead. Um, so many different ways that I think this could go because there are so many key things that uh, is going to shake out when you're playing a quality team like Beckman. But uh, I think in order for us to be successful, we're going to have to have Carver Belk continue on what he did last week. And I think he's going to be my pick that He's going to have to find some ways to make some really key plays and uh, get this offense down the field because I think as good as our defense is, we are going to have to score some points because Beckman would be able to put some up. So that's going to be my pick is Carver Belk. And then you mentioned that. You look at the 210 yards that they're giving up per game. About 60% of those are through the air. 
And historically, Stephen, when we've played in the last three years, specifically the two games in Dyersville, West Branch has been successful through the air. And that theme is going to need to play, continue to play a role. And I think one of the guys that's going to catch some of those passes, but we've already talked about how he's been growing defensively, but all around from offense and defense, a senior. I got to take in the playoffs. I got to go with the senior this week. I'm going to go with Cash Woody as my pick to click. There you go. I think we'll go ahead and make a pick for Matt. I actually emailed him and he gave me his pick. It's not the one that you have down there. Well, then I need to delete that because yeah. I thought he's not superstitious. So. He's not superstitious. He thinks, uh, like me, that the offense needs to have a big night, and he thinks that Andy Henson's going to be key for that, and that's his pick is Andy Henson. Well, that's With Wyatt Federlin having pick. a phenomenal night as well. But Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll put him in parentheses. <laughs> so those are our picks to click. We hope the Bears click because we want this season to keep going. And as we wrap things up, as always, you can keep up with all things West Branch football on the interweb, Stephen. That's right. The interwebs. Just follow at WB Bears Football, Twitter, search for it on Facebook. We've got our Instagram page. Go subscribe to our YouTube channel and uh, just search for West Branch Football. We've got uh, highlights up there from each week, all of our interviews, starting to put the full games from this season. So if you want to go back and rewatch Friday night's game, uh, you can watch that afterwards and uh, do all of that at YouTube. So uh, go do that. Check them all out. want to say a big thank you to all our sponsors for making, in small part, the podcast possible, but in big part, all those things Stephen was just talking about possible as far as the YouTube channel. Are all of the quality equipment that we have with full HD that we wouldn't possibly be able to afford out of our own pockets maybe steven's i don't know because yeah, no. he didn't win that lottery so i guess yeah. we're it but we are so thankful and so humbled by the by the gifts of our sponsors i don't have the list in front of me but it's very long and i'm sure we will touch upon it again next week when we come back together on the talking bear football podcast right here on westbranch.football presented by the browns west branch family of dealerships and for Matt and Stephen and myself, we all ask you to please take, take care, care everyone. everyone.